We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in to the Goodman and Hummel podcast. I'm Jeff Goodman. He's Robbie Hummel. Uh, I'm in 80 degrees, Rob. I'm out. Uh, I don't know if you can see right now, but. Um, ah, Krzyzewskiville. In, in Krzyzewskiville. It's not like I thought it was going to be, though. They ripped down. All the undergrad tents are down because of game day. So I blame it on you and your uh, company, ESPN, uh, that they've. they've they ripped down all the tents and they've got the graduate tents are here and they're kind of along the concourse at the football stadium, which is wait, is, is game day gonna be outside? Yeah, they're outside. Yeah, it's uh, 80 degrees, Rob. 80 degrees. Come on. Well, that doesn't mean it's not 80 degrees on Saturday. It could still be cold it's down there. 70 on Saturday, like right. 60 tomorrow. Uh yeah, I, I think I'm gonna move here. Um, because it is, it is absolutely <laughs> it's, beautiful. It's not that in Boston. It's not that in Chicago or Columbus. I know that. I'm going to cover the John Shire era starting next there year. Beat writer for the Blue Devils. That's right. That's right. So um, it's been kind of cool. We just finished with the Coach K press conference, and uh, we're a couple days before the the big game. And I, I don't know if he, I don't think he was getting emotional, but I think it's hit him now. I think it's hit him. Yeah. That the, is kind of near with this game, final home game, and, and then obviously the postseason starting up. But, you know, I asked them, it's funny, I, the one question I asked them was, what do you remember about your first game here? And you know his answer? Nothing. What? I don't remember really? my first year at all. He said, I remember the Carolina game my first year because we ended up beating Carolina, but he didn't remember his first game here at all. So that was kind of, I don't know. I mean, it was a long time ago, Rob. Do you, do you, you think born. maybe – yeah, no, I mean, he's been an institution. Do you think maybe it? it's not – you said it's hit him, but I, I feel like he's still going to be there, you know? And it's going to be John's deal, but it's not like he's going away from, from Durham, no. you know? He said – I think what he's going to do is kind of work he, – he doesn't want to be the guy who's at Shire's practices. Totally, over totally. Those things. But he said, he's like, I want to help, like, upgrade – you know, Cameron. And and I think he's going to work on things like that, but do it at his own time and come in when he wants. And I asked Shire, I said, you're going to be able to move into the big boy's office? And uh, he's not. No, he's, Ooh, he's not. John's he's staying not, away from the stairway to heaven. Yeah, he's not getting that. <laughs> I, 
Nobody is. That's going to be his no matter what. But, yeah. uh, you know, you wonder, too, how much like how much pressure do these kids have on them tomorrow? And that's kind of what Kay was – he was trying to alleviate some of it because if there's a game where you have to win this year, other than, you know, if you're in the Final Four, you know, national title game, like you cannot lose this game to Carolina. No, it's that- the most – it's definitely the most important regular season game of the year for Duke. <laughs> Look at you. Just housing it truly in yeah, the warm like weather. 80 degrees. I'm hot, man. I, this truly tastes really good, Rob. I, I got to say. Sure it does. These guys, sure these guys gave it to me. We'll, we'll... Hey, how's it going? Rob, say hello. Oh, what's up, guys? What's going on? Th- thanks for just truly. Oh, he appreciates sorry. it. Down here. Yeah. Uh, like I said, 80 degrees. You kind of you kind of need a little, yeah. little refreshment here. But I'm Judd. Exactly. And we're at the law school here. So, yeah, it's our go-to tent right here. Yeah. yeah. You, want, you want to check out their tent compared to the yeah, let's, we'll compare them to Texas Tech's tent. All right. All right we're going to go in. It, it's – yeah, it's a little – I don't know. Like, it's all right. But these guys are grad students. I kind of – I thought they'd have a little bit more in here. They got some Doritos. Got, I mean, uh, they I mean, got, got grapes. We got a whole pizza right here. Wait, wait, Rob, they got grapes in here. Like, this what's is too the healthy. Where, where's the beer and the pizza? That's yeah, what no the question is. All right, we got a whole thing to truly. We got, we got this. So right. Truly counts. Here's the problem, Rob. The problem is, so they moved them. They're generally also up on the on the grass, and they moved them. They're on pavement. So they said, like, it's hard putting a tent down on pavement. And now True. you got it. Like, can't be comfortable either. You're on it right yeah, now. I yeah, I am on it now. Yeah, you, you can speak on that. You're there. I was thinking about sleeping out tonight. I really was when I saw the weather. <laughs> like, pavement, man, I'm too old for that shit. No that way. Is funny. No way. Hey, I, I do feel like with this being Coach K the last season, I got to tell my Coach K recruitment story. I yeah. think I've even told on the pod, but just as an yeah. ode to Coach K, you know, I was, I was visiting NC State and UNC Charlotte because Bobby Lutz had offered me at Charlotte and Herb Sendak had offered me a scholarship at NC State. I was getting mail from mostly Chris Collins, and it was handwritten, like, you know, not so much the message, but signed by Chris or maybe a little note. And they'd been at some of our games that we we played uh, the Portland Legends, and Kyle Singler was on the Come Portland on. Legends, so they were certainly there to recruit him. So I've been getting some stuff from Duke, and I will say <laughs> my sophomore year after the season, my dad made a highlight tape with VHS, which is a chore, and made all these duplicates and sent them out to schools. And Duke got mine and sent it back to me. <laughs> no way. So then they started actually sending me stuff. So I'm like, all right, cool. You know, and Duke was Duke was Duke. So we went to Charlotte, went to NC State. And the end of the trip, it was fall break. It was going to be go to a Duke practice. They were scrimmaging. They got Reddick. They've got Sheldon Williams. They've got Josh McRoberts, Demarcus Nelson. Paulus, like they're loaded. That's the team that went to Indiana and I visited for that IU Duke game in Bloomington. It was just unbelievable. I mean, that Duke was awesome that year. So the scrimmage happens. There's all these high school coaches there. The thing I remember from it is Coach K has a microphone and whenever he'd want to talk, they'd hit the buzzer and he'd just talk over the loudspeakers to the team. And after the scrimmage ends, you know, Chris comes over and he's like talking to me and my parents and he's like, yeah, I'll go get coach. He's going to come over and say, hello, sweet. Awesome. Can't wait to get to meet coach K. I've seen him at these AU tournaments, but to get to meet him, it's like, you know, sweet. 
And he comes over and he's really nice. And he's like, Robbie, thank you so much for coming all the way from California. <laughs> and literally it was just like this crushing realization that, yep, they're sending you mail, but they're not recruiting you. <laughs> who do you think he confused you with? I have no idea. I have no idea who he could have confused me with. In your age? Who's that? Taylor King. Yeah, I mean, it could have been – well, but they, they took Taylor. They could, Taylor they the, the big difference was Taylor could actually shoot the basketball. Oh, please. That's, <laughs> that's a freaking don't, – don't commit libel here. They knew who Taylor King was because they took him on a scholarship. I was thinking maybe he thought I was one of the Ware twins. <laughs> yeah, when they were younger. They were younger. <laughs> Like you could be the weird, the weird triplet, but but they'd be like, where, where's the other one? You know, where's if you thought it was Travis Ware, where's your brother? Where's David? Yeah. Where's David? Yeah, that's I don't know. I mean, they were younger than me, so that but he would have he probably didn't know I was the class of 07, 08, 09, whatever. I played with the Ware twins at Nike, at Nike on America camp, they were young. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know, I have no idea. And you've never, you've, you've never played in, in Cameron. No, I never have. I always wish that SYF would have played at Bob Gibbons. I thought it was so cool in high school seeing those teams play at NC State, Duke, Dean Dome. Like, that. that's a sick deal. Does that still happen? That tournament still go? No, I don't think so. I think it's that's gone. That was an awesome AU tournament. It, it was gone, and now it's back. Um, I don't know, but I'm, I'm so excited for this. Like, this was one of those – when before the season started, that you just circle certain games, and you know I circled the Texas Texas Tech one, obviously yep. had to. You know I kind of circled that that Texas Gonzaga and Villanova UCLA trip, but obviously yep. the number one game you had to circle. And as much as it, it, and it was hard. My daughter is actually in Indiana. She's she's going this weekend with my wife. Tough, tough, tough morning after for the Hoosiers from last night, but keep going. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that later. We'll get into that later. But I wish I could be with them. But, like, this yeah. was kind of one game that I was like, I can't really miss as a regular season. You know, it's it's a bucket list game. It is. You were like, do I be a good father or do I be good at my job? <laughs> good father late. Listen, I, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, I wasn't the greatest father when she was young. But I think I've been a pretty pretty good father, and maybe the the, the bar was so low that uh, that I've been a good father in the last few. It years. couldn't get any worse. Right. Exactly. So um, yeah, I'm I'm here um, again. To me, there's going to be, and this is a number. Does this number seem low to you? When when I tweeted it last night, there are 200, I believe, eight players that have played for K at Duke in his entire. No, because there's just nothing that many guys and you're not turning over that much. It's right. like the NBA where they're like, yeah, there's 4,000 guys that are playing the NBA. And you're like, the NBA has been around since like the fifties, but there's right. not that much turnover. Yes. I mean, it's like you average. I, I feel like you average like three and a half new guys. Yeah. Are you? So if, right. you, if you look at it and, and that even that 208 number includes the current group. So yeah. that includes And I would say early in his tenure, like there was a lot of four year guys. Now wow. there's been more turnover, but like if you were to take like Freddie Hoiberg's numbers from Nebraska, you'd be like, well, he's already had 50 guys play for him, but they've turned their team over like crazy. Right. So, so of those, I think about 80 or so are, are expected to attend. You know, Leitner, Grand Hill, uh, some of those guys will all be here, but a lot of them are either coaching or playing. Mm -hmm. 
you know, overseas or in the NBA or whatever. So you probably got 50 of them that are either active playing or coaching right now. Quinn Snyder, guys yep. like that, you know, coaching Bobby Hurley, Greg Paulus, uh, Chris Collins, a, a lot of Jeff Capel. So a lot of them won't be able to be here, but uh, I think there'll be about 80. And it'll just be, again, I, I think it'll be one of those things that that you look back on and you say, like, I, I'm glad I went. You I, was, know, that, I was there for a historic yeah. event. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And again, like the beauty of this one is it's not like you're going to have 24,000, right? I mean, this, this place holds less than 10,000 people. So a yeah. ticket so hard to get. Yes, yeah, so, totally. So, where, like where, I, are you, where are you sitting? They got you in good seats. I mean, usually every time I've ever been here, it's it's press row, just goes straight down. I mean, they're they're as good as seats as you get, you know. And you you literally you can't you have to climb over. If you don't get in early, and you wait, like a lot of times, I'll get in early, I'll find my seat, then I'll get up, get some food or whatever, walk around, and then come back with a couple of minutes left you can't get through you have to climb over uh so you just the, gotta park the, yourself there huh kind of yeah you kind of do if you're smart and then again i've learned over the years whatever you wear is going to get ruined with a shit ton of of, of paint a blue paint on like shit ton so i always wear blue that's number yeah. one always which i generally do anyway but i, I make sure i wear like a, a blue you know, blue sport coat or something like that. So it doesn't look ridiculous by the end of the night, but they are, you cannot move. I mean, you yeah. legitimately, they are hanging over you. Uh, and that's a part of the beauty of, of this, this building in the atmosphere. Don't, the announcers for TV are high, right? Way yeah. up. Yeah, way up. Yeah. Like way up. So like I've done sideline well, here. Way, way up. It's not like you're at Ohio state and it's like, I mean, sure. it's a smaller place, but way up relative to, yeah, yeah. So, like, I mean, the coolest experiences for me were doing sideline for for Duke games of camp was cool. Yeah. You, like is, the, do you, is Duke better than than Allen Fieldhouse to you? Um, Allen Fieldhouse as a whole is better. Duke students are better. Yeah, right. but I would say the Duke students are just they're elite level in terms of again, you know, just kind of their their passion and and, and they're really on the same page too. They've got a, a real plan going into the game. I would say. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be like, I came in, Kay did his press conference today, which is a little bit, I mean, he usually does them on Thursdays, but so I had to fly in early this morning instead of on a Friday for a Saturday game. So I got all day tomorrow. So I don't even know what I'm going to do, Rob. I know you, I know what you, if you had a day off. I would have have brought my golf clothes for sure and gone down to Pinehurst. (laughs) That's what I would have done. No, I'm I'm, I'm not how far is the beach? That's pretty far. The mountains are probably close to the beach, right? It is kind of far. I mean, it was a thing that I was always thinking. If Talia ended up at NC State, we would move down to, like, the beach, you know, three, four hours away and, and be, yeah. able to see, be right on the beach. Right. I mean, again, you're not getting a better atmosphere. Weather, everything here, it'll be cool. The to weather see. in North Carolina is really good. It is. You have a little bit of a winter, but it's pretty yeah. mild. You might get snow once or twice. 70s in, in March. Yeah, that's good. What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. That's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you're online. And with all the threats that you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. 
Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either. And plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash B-L-E-A-V or use the code B-L-E-A-V. That's B-L-E-A-V to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. All right, let, let's get down to it first. Can K go out, legitimately, can K go out with a national title? Like, we all talk about Gonzaga right now, Kentucky. I feel like Duke has almost kind of snuck up on and gone under the radar in a way because they've lost some games that we didn't think they'd lose, right, home yep. games. And they're in the ACC, which is kind of like a mid-major league this year. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I think they can. I do think that they can win it all. They've shot it really well in conference play. That that was the question. You know, can they shoot? And I think that they've answered that question is yes. Now they don't take a lot and they don't take a lot of threes, but they're shooting a good percentage on the ones they do. I, I think their guards can be very dynamic in the sense that you've got a guy in Bancaro who's a, a forward, but he's he's an elite player. Wendell Moore is an everything player. Trevor Keels. Played really well against Pittsburgh. I just think he's – we saw what he could do in the champions, even though that's freaking, you know, <laughs> forever ago. I'm a um, I know. <laughs> but he's a tank. You know, I, I like Mark Williams a lot. A.J. Griffin is is a really talented dude. So, yeah, I think that they could win it all. Do you still worry about their point guard play or not as much anymore? Not not as much anymore. I, I think that it's more of a committee thing, and that's just the way it is, and that's that's what they do. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of with you, and, and I still kind of go back to the fact that all right, what team is going to put more talent out on the court than Duke? Right. Like, you have legitimately – again, Paolo's going to go top three. A.J. Griffin's going to go somewhere in the lottery. Mark Williams is going to go somewhere in the first round. Wendell yep. Moore going the second round. You know, I, like, who, who else can match up with all that? Yeah, there's not many teams that are, are bringing that type of talent. Now, there's teams that have been – like Auburn is talented, yeah. but they don't have that many first-round type players in their team. I don't know if anybody does. Uh, probably not. How crazy would it be if Coach K wins this whole thing and his final – I mean, it would, just, it would just be like – it's like a – that's a fairy tale type thing. Right. Uh, that's, that's what that is. He walks off into the sunset. He's a national champion. He hands it off to a former player. Um, yeah, that would be insane. By the way, the question I asked him today, um, and, and you're always told, like, my number one rule is when you ask a question, you can't ask a double-barrel question. You can't ask a two-parter, but I yep. did it. I did it today. My first one, oh, I know, it went against everything I believe in. as a Breaking his own rules. But <laughs> really, he, he had talked earlier in the press conference about how he, he felt like he, was, he and, and the other coaches in the fraternity weren't able to, to enact change within college basketball like he wanted to. And I had talked to him about three or four years ago in, in a sit-down, maybe before five years ago now, when I was with ESPN, about his relationship with Emory. And, and he kind of laughed at me because basically I was saying, like, why don't you call him? And he, he's like, no, no, you don't understand. We don't have really any. So I asked him today, I said, how many times in your career do you think you've spoken to Mark Emory? And he basically asked that at the press conference. <laughs> Yeah, I wanted, I wanted to know, like, like why it's so ridiculous that Mark Emmert, who runs the NCAA, wouldn't be talking to the greatest coach 
in college basketball history, right? Like, wouldn't be having him on speed dial and asking him what he thinks. I just, before you keep going, I think it's hilarious that at a press conference that's supposed to be like, you know, coach, what's your, what's your favorite game? And what, what was your first game here like? And what's your memories of Carolina? And what was your favorite title team? Your freaking ass is being like, hey, how many times you talked to Mark Emmer? <laughs> I mean, what? All right, keep going. Amber, great answer, which was basically like, I haven't talked to him in a long time. Like, not lately. He said, you know, we, we had, they had something, they had kind of a summit years ago. Like, with, with I think George Raveling helped put it together at the NCAA. But he said, nothing. Like, he doesn't ask for my input at all. And I just, I, I just again, I felt like it actually is, it may not be, um, it may not be relevant to Saturday, but it is completely relevant to what he was talking about earlier in the in the press conference about him not being able to enact change. Well, he's not able to do it because Mark Emmert doesn't give a shit about what what Coach K thinks. So, like, I wanted to get the context of that a little bit of like. So wait, then what was the two parter? What was the second part? The other one was, what do you remember about your first game ever coaching at Cameron? Wait, so your two part question was, Coach, have you talked to Mark Emmert, and what do you remember about your first game? <laughs> I reversed them, though. I said they weren't so, even in this. <laughs> I thought you're going to say the two part question needs to be: Have you talked to, to Mark Emmer, and what would you know? How much change do you think you've enacted? You went with two questions that were not even in the same freaking stratosphere of each other. Completely different. Completely what kind different. Of you you embarrass our the media, your media brother. There were two terrific questions. They were terrific. <laughs> he said he didn't remember a thing about his first game coaching at Cameron, not a thing. And then he gave me a great answer about Emmert. He actually started with the Emmert answer and then remembered, which was impressive. Most coaches, if you ask a dumb double barrel question like I did, you forget, right? Like, what? well, what was that first question? Especially at 75 years old. It just shows you how with it. That's the one thing about, like, Bayheim and Kay. Like, they're getting old. And I think Bayheim will probably do something similar soon. I wouldn't be surprised if he does it after the year like what Kay did with Shire, because they're, they're buddies. And, and I think Beheim saw how it's worked for Shire. Yeah. Like, look what they've done in the recruiting trail. No, I think that the, the associate head coach in waiting is not a bad play. It right. is not. You just They worry about recruiting. They get their feet wet. They understand kind of what the job is like. Not that John needed to. He's been around there a long time. But you, you start to, instead of getting thrown into the freaking deep end, you get to jump in in the, you know, the shallow end. When, are you going to be the coach in waiting when Painter retires? I'm sure Purdue will really want that. Yeah, that would need- be that would be a letdown hire. I feel like for Purdue University. How bad every coach you think you'd be? I honestly think I would be okay. I think I would need to surround myself with really good assistants, hard workers, because you're lazy as shit. That is not true. I am not lazy. I would work hard. Did you but- see my? On you? Did you yeah, I like see that? all those stupid ass tweets that you sent as, as if I've, I've not been doing shit for the last four months. What is, what I, I honestly, I would need to learn how to run a college program. Though. That would be my issue. But I think, and honestly, a little bit, I would need to learn how to coach. <laughs> it's easy to do it from that chair. No, no, no. I know. I, I shouldn't have said that I would. I think that I I think I could become good at it would be more accurate than I would be good yeah, at it. I, I actually do. I hate to admit it, but I think you'd actually be a pretty good coach. Admit it. It really does. 
Oh, good. I'm glad you admitted that. Cyrus is a year older than you. Is that right? He's, he's one year older than me. Yeah. We had some battles. We had some battles on actually our whole career. John and I have played against each other a lot from the time we were in high school on. Is it crazy to think? It, yes. You don't even have to finish the question. The fact yeah. that he is going to be the coach at Duke University blows my mind. And that's not disrespectful to John at all. I say that because there's one coach that I know of at Duke, and that is Mike Krzyzewski. I will say this about John. He beat me in every game that I actually cared about, and I beat him in every game that did not matter. AAU, we would beat the Illinois Warriors. Every, I don't know if we ever lost to John in AAU. He would have 40 points, but we would win. Yeah. Then we get to college. They kick our ass to the Big Ten AC Challenge at Purdue. After I blow my knee out, they beat us in the NCAA tournament to knock us out of the Sweet 16. They win the whole thing. We play each other in Grand Canaria in a, in a game in the ACB, my rookie year, his second year. And we beat them. Um, they had a three at the buzzer. I actually blocked. I think it might have been his shot. I'm going to block the shot to win the game. And I remember thinking, like, dude, I beat this dude in all the most freaking irrelevant games ever. Like, who cares we beat him in Spain? I wanted him in the NCAA tournament. Now that I got, the, I didn't get to play in the game, but um, we played against each other, and we were on the same team at Nike Camp. Um, I played on a team at Nike Camp my first year. I played my way in from the Jamboree. Remember the Jamboree in St. Louis? So I played really well at the Jamboree. Like four people made it from the Jamboree into the Big Boy Camp. Yes, so I did that, and part of it helped that Luke Herringote hurt his back and wasn't going to play. So they needed somebody local, probably. I found out about a week in advance, but I played really, really well. Needed a white guy who couldn't jump. No, I was hammering. I, I was dunking on people at night camp. Not my first year, my second year. But I actually you know who I played for at the Jamboree? Mike Jones, the Matha, and now Virginia Tech. Beast coach. Beast of a coach. But Some people actually think Mike Jones should be like the total outside-the-box hire for Maryland. That's interesting. I mean, he's got the D.C. connections. He's an awesome guy. Um, but at Nike camp, my team was Ty Lawson put up 50 in a game, hit like 12 threes. I was like, this is the fastest person I've ever seen in my life. He also had a sidekick. Remember the sidekicks? So you could text, call, and instant message. I was like, this guy is not only the man on the floor, but he has a sidekick and is killing it off of it. Who yeah. was paying for the sidekick? Hey, you uh, coach? Unknown, unknown, but I, I don't want to. I don't want to speculate. Shire, Deshaun Sims, who was chucking, Curtis Kelly was Ooh. chucking, um, Gary Johnson, Houston Hoops, Texas Beast, yep. Jeffrey Jordan was on our team. I'm trying to think who else we. But I literally shot like three times. I might have taken three shots. It was it was crazy. My Curtis Kelly story, he was suspended his sophomore year, maybe his freshman year at Rice High School. Yeah. And I, went, I went up to him and asked him why he was suspended. And he told me, he told, all he answered was, a girl. Hey, <laughs> 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 I just remember, you know what I remember about Curtis Kelly? At the Peach Jam, my first year playing 17 under basketball, I remember there was these Nike magazines that they were handing out that were kind of like, they weren't – you couldn't buy stuff like in East Bay, but they were like lifestyle stuff, and it was all the Metro Hawks guys, Edgar Sosa and Curtis Kelly in this sick Nike gear, basically doing a photo shoot in like Brooklyn and like, you know, on the piers. And it was – I was like, damn, these dudes are freaking big time. Ours. 
Edgar Sosa was a star. He was. Um, he was a big deal. Get to a little. Let's get to a little Purdue and Indiana talk before we wrap. We don't have to go with that. But my big question to you, and, and I know Purdue fans are killing you right now, so you got to be careful what you say about these these Boilermaker fans. Be careful. They're all over you. Are you having a hard time with this? Yes, yeah, it's, it's been hard. I uh, it's tough. I, I I could say it doesn't bother me when other fan bases say stuff like that, but it's hard to hear that from Purdue people. Yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I mean, listen, you're you're about as objective as it gets. But but anytime you say anything negative about your school, and I've done it with obviously I didn't play, but like at Arizona, same thing. Like you say anything negative, and it's just like, man, they just cannot understand it. Um, but Purdue, listen, Purdue struggled. They've really struggled on the defensive end most of the year. Um, the defensive end hasn't really been their struggles in these two losses. It's been scoring. The offense is bogged down. They haven't shot it great. You know, Sasha Stefanovich is so hot or cold. He's a good player. I'm not saying that he's not, but I just think that he's shooting 40% and it's made up of a lot of the season where he's going either four of six or one of five. You know, he's, he's hitting homers or striking out is the baseball analogy to that. Um, Jay Nivey in the first half, it was as maybe confused as I've seen him at Wisconsin in terms of decision-making, do I shoot? Do I pass? He's elevating the shoot. He's passing. And it's like, well, you're three feet from the rim or taking a back cut where he could lay it up and he's passing it out. Mason Gillis getting in foul trouble the last two games has been hard. And at the same time, like, dude, you go into Michigan state, that place was up for grabs. The Breslin center was awesome. It is not an easy place to play when, when big people come in there and Purdue was a big team, it's going to be a tough Game to win. Now, I will say, like, great teams find ways to win on the road in conference play. And that was as good as I've seen the Cole Center since I played. You know, that that was and, – and not that it hasn't been good since then, but I think the last three or four years maybe COVID has hurt. It hasn't been maybe as good as it was for the Kaminsky years or even when I look back at, like, the Butch teams that were really good with Alondo Tucker. Um, but, yeah, I – I don't know. Defensively, they still have some breakdowns, but I wouldn't. They didn't lose those games necessarily because of their defense. They're, they, there's a crazy stat. I want to say that they are. Not, I'd have to look at it. Seventy points is the magic number for Purdue, and when they've scored more than seventy, I'm not sure they've lost. And when they have it, they've lost every game. Yes, yes, seventy is the that's the magic number. They've won every game if they've scored seventy and lost every game if they haven't. Yeah, it's like I don't know if it's that simple, um, but. Again, I just – I have so much confidence in this Purdue team early. And and slowly we've lost a little bit. I, I still – I think Payne's an elite coach. So I think maybe he can figure it out. But, but once I, I do it, believe, though, Jeff, that on a short scout, they are yep. a tough deal. And yeah, I do you, think – not that other teams don't have size that the Big Ten does, but the Big Ten has a plethora of crazy good big men that I think that you will not necessarily see in – a lot of NCAA tournament situations. But is that going to help you or hurt you, Rob? Because can you play Zach Eady when, when other teams go small? Well, yeah, if they've got stretch fives, that's a problem. Right. If they've got stretch fives. The, the question is, can Purdue destroy you in the paint enough to overcome some shortcomings covering the perimeter? Right. That can is the question. Out. Like, if you can get the ball to Zach Eady over and over and over in Travion, can it they will be a, it'll be a yeah. Can it be a layup line? And can you find a way to get certain contests and some and stops early? 
Rob, if you can't early and you're playing from behind, you're right. in trouble. Purdue. But at the, yeah, at the same time, though, it's not actually like Purdue can't get hot from three. They didn't do it at Michigan State, and they yeah. didn't necessarily shoot at great Wisconsin, but this is one of the best shooting teams in the country. So those small yeah, teams I will – feel like they're not. I, I don't know if I buy that. I know the numbers said they were. Over the course of a season? Now, I'm saying I think at times those guys are – they have some one-dimensional pieces where, like, yeah, like Isaiah Thompson, he needs to have action created for himself. But if you let them have open shots like in a post-double situation – you cannot post double Purdue. They, they will destroy go. you. But I no, mean, the the good teams in the Big Ten, Jeff, have played them straight up because those those teams have guys that can at least maybe. fight and battle. Michigan State can throw Monty Sissoko out there. I don't necessarily think that there's teams that have a third big like that who's 6'10", 265. Sure. You've got to you've got to pick your poison of are we letting them play one on one or are we going to bring a trap? And if you bring a trap, you are playing right to produce hands. Well, that's what I feel like teams did with them early, right? That's what they did early. Yeah, Villanova, Villanova trapped them, and those other guys were just killing them from three. So they, I, I don't agree. They are a good shooting team, but they have to be able to get action off other people. That is what I'll say about that. All right, so are you a believer of them still being in that tier, that tier one? that can win six straight games? Or do you think now they're in the tier two? Like the tier one to me is clearly like the Gonzagas, the Kentuckys, probably the Dukes. You know, it's probably three. Arizona maybe you put in there. Are you putting Purdue a step behind those teams? Um, I will say – I will say yes, I do. Just in the sense that I think that they they still offensively are terrifying to play against. I know that they've been, they've been bogged down, and I think Jay Nivey's had some issues to work through. What's so you're that? Saying, you're saying you're putting them in the same tier or in in a, in a tier? No, behind? no, I'm, I, I will keep them in the tier for now. If they were to lose to Indiana, I just think the I think the road is a tough place in conference play. I really do. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, listen, Indiana last night. Man, they're at home. It's it's the game, right? I mean, like my daughter is ready to go for that game last night. She's you know seven o'clock. She's ready. This is a huge one. They start out. They're getting traced the ball. I still feel like you know trace and race. I'm not sure if they're as good as any front court tandem, but they're pretty. No, they're good. Them. They're good. I I just think Trace Jackson Davis like the zone totally took him out of the game. It totally neutralized him. And you know what? I think we've got to give a lot of credit to Cliff. Him. Maury too. That dude is a beast. I, the replay is on TV when I could see him. My monitor was like working half the night, half the night it was. And so I was watching replays off of Brandon's. But I think that he makes plays on the floor where you're like, dude, I have no idea. He just dunked that. He caught that lob and just he's got massive hands. He's got a crazy long wingspan. He's getting better in the post. Cliff Amore is good. He's a good player. He's good. Great. When, when Trace Jackson Davis goes up against guys who can match his size and physicality, and that Cliff can, he struggles. And, you know, early on he gets a steal and run out. He's – I love the fact that, you know, Amori was guarding him early and he went to that other shoulder. He still shot with his left hand, but just to give them something that – teams are sitting on his right shoulder, much like Trevion Williams' left shoulder, so hard that even going back to that other one, like, it was like, holy shit, he can do that? 
and it opens things up. And, and certainly I think Rutgers is like, all right, we've got to shut this off. We, we've got to make some other people beat us. And Parker Stewart's getting wide open shots, wide open ones. Easy so, look to see at the end of the game. I mean, he made the toughest one. Right. He, he made the toughest shot. That is the craziest ending ever. I mean, and I, I the last two games that I've seen between the, the double bank and Jaden Ivey's three and then also last night where if you're Geo Baker, dude, why are you throwing the ball at the floor? I mean, the game is over. You're up three. You've got the ball 20 seconds to go. You yep. throw it up there. The ball hits Keith Kimball, who it's not his fault. He's trying to get down there, and it just drills him in the chest, stays in play, and then – Hey, man, he tried. Ooh. He, yeah, I mean, he's trying to get out of the way. Mulcahy, I, I, it's not, I don't know if it's a punch, but, dude, in that situation, you just have to take whatever Xavier Johnson's doing, right. fall into your bench, let him get a let him get a flagrant or a you know dead ball technical foul, don't respond, and walk off the floor saying, we're going to the NCAA tournament. Instead, you, you try to clear him off you. I'm not saying he tried to hit him in the face. But you make contact in his head, you they, they have to eject him. I really think that that was the right yeah, the right too. deal. And you give Indiana a chance. How about Ron Harper Jr., though? Oh, if, if you could take the feeling that he felt when he makes that shot and he's doing that celebration, which was actually the Sam Cassell, yeah. and he's taking a bow, if you could sell that feeling, you would be the richest man in the world. I, I was so jealous – because you know, not not jealous, but like, dude, I, I watched him do that. I'm like, man, that's the best feeling in the world right there. He has shut up this entire building and he just made a shot that is so freaking massive for their team. That that was but you know what I will say about that, Joe? Geo Baker had the ball, and I'm watching him come up, and Ron Harper's demanding it. And and Geo gives it up to him, which props to Geo Baker for being like, All right, Ron wants it, it's on him. He's he's taking us home before. And he's just waving a Mori out. Don't want the ball screen. I got Race Thompson, and I'm I'm pulling. And I, I think that that is the coolest shit. I mean, I you get goosebumps from seeing a type of environment. That place is rocking and rolling. And he, he just – it was a big-time play, big-time what, play. What's your biggest celebration you've ever done? Have you ever done anything anything close to – No, you know, I was just like the raw emotion guy. Like, that was choreographed. Big balls, take a bow. <laughs> You know, like he not that I'm not saying he was thinking about doing that, but I was always just like Jordan fist pumps and out of control fist pumps. And like I I didn't like have set set things. I wasn't cool enough to do that. The big thing, man. That, that's that's tremendous. Next time I write a good story, I'm gonna get up and just do the big ball celebration. <laughs> As you should. As you should. <laughs> get off a good podcast. I'm gonna, I'm, yeah, I'm, maybe today. Maybe today. Just walk down Shesheskyville and just be, you know. <laughs> <laughs> if I do it, trust me, I'll I'll, I'll have it videoed. Please so do. You, you could absolutely make fun of me. All right, I know you're you're, you're ripping and running here, and to be honest, I'd rather be uh, walking around drinking Trulies and and uh, walking around at eighty degrees than, than being on here with you. But you um, we'll 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 recap my. We'll try to do something early next week if we can. Okay. On your schedule, I don't know where are you now. You're Big Ten. Big Ten tournament, um, so I'll be there Wednesday through Sunday. All right, I'll be there Thursday, so maybe yeah. you'll put me. Won't ignore. I've me. got I've got the night game, so will you be there at night? I will. I'll be there the whole day. Some of us all right. work off. Some of us don't. Some of us have to prep. Some of us have to prepare. Uh, prepare. How many right. times? Do you, you have? 
Big Ten team. You act like I'm just going to like be at Harry and Izzy's drinking beers and be like, screw it, let's go to the games now. <laughs> you probably will be. You'll probably be. I might be doing that, actually. <laughs> Before you come over for night games, can you bring me some shrimp cocktail? Dude, that stuff is the best. That's the best shrimp cocktail in the world. Man, I will listen. I'll tip you well if you bring me some some shrimp cocktail from. Uh, How am I going to get that in through security? I'll don't let you, Robbie Helmel. Come on. Okay. Let here, let me bring my my shellfish here right through to the to, to my seat. I'm sure they'll be all about it. I guarantee they'll let you bring it in. They're, like it's not metal. What are they going to care? You're fine. You're fine. With can you bring outside food into the arena? Yes. Absolutely. If you can't listen, if you can't find a way to to, to hide that in, in a bag and something. I'm gonna be the first announcer to get banned from the event he's calling for trying to trying to smuggle some shrimp in for you. Like I said, I'll tip you well. So oh trust my me. God. Increase your pay on the pod. How's that? Yeah, right. I know that's not happening. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, be safe, good luck, and uh uh, I can't wait. I can't wait here for, for two more days. Uh, uh, that'll, be, that'll be cool. Enjoy that because that's a historic event. That's pretty dope. All right. All right there you have it. Uh, Jeff Goodman, Robbie Hummel. Uh, we'll see you next week. Make sure you subscribe, watch, uh, like, whatever. Later. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.